morning campers! Camp Director Bison here with your morning announcements. The Intercamp Olympics are just around the corner, so be sure to pick your three-legged race partner soon. Also campers, be sure to tune into this month's episode of the Camp Walk Along Wire. It's a triple crown hoedown here as counselors from the Appalachian, Pacific Crest, and Continental Divide Trails converge on Camp Walk Along to discuss their varied adventures. That's all for now, campers. Get a good stretch in before the capture of the flag game and have a wonderful walk-along day. Over mountains high, through rivers strong To make new friends and sing new songs So tie your shoes, we're hiking through Here at Camp Walk-Along Howdy, campers, and welcome to the Camp Walk-Along Wire, where it's summer camp all year long. I'm your Camp Director Bison, coming to you from the AV cabin here at beautiful Camp Walkalong, and I'm joined, as always, by the two best counselors this side of the divide. First up, we have the Dean of Dry Facts, Camp Counselor Wizard Spoon. Howdy, Wiz. Howdy, Bison. Uh... Okay. Uh, well, uh, next up, uh, hey, grab your tuba because we have the polka dance fanatic, Camp Counselor PDF. Howdy, PDF. Howdy, Bison. My boys, my sweet, sweet boys. What's what's going on? Why the long faces? Well, as we all know, next week is the Intercamp Olympics. Slash prank war. Slash dance. And we haven't got a shot at winning. Oh, hey, come on, fellas. Where's your camp spirit? Oh, but the counselors from Camp PCT are so self-righteous. It's nonstop vistas. The weather was perfect. The Sierras are incredible. And I can't stand those shelter jockeys from Camp AT with their community and their history and their endless supply of trail magic. I swear, if I have to hear about Grandma Gatewood one more time. Boys, 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 I get it. Hey, I mean, sure, Camp AT is always bringing way too many people. And, and yeah, everything seems way easier for Camp PCT. But what do we always say? not about the miles, it's about the smiles. It's not about the wins, it's about the grins. We're not in it for the fastest known time. We're, We're in, in it for, for the, the funnest known time. Exactly. And that's why I thought it might be a good idea if we invited over, you know, a couple of emissaries, a couple of camp counselors from Camp PCT and Camp AT. You know, maybe we get to know them a little better might find they're not so different from us. But, 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 no, no, no buts. I want you on your best behavior, and not just for me, for the campers. For the campers. Oh, and it sounds like they're here. Oh, come on in. Campers, this is so exciting. Come on, hey, come on, grab a chair, grab a microphone. Welcome, 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 welcome. Hello, hello. Hello. Howdy. So campers, like I said, we have a, a couple of, of guest camp counselors here from Camp AT and, and Camp PCT. Why don't you two introduce yourself? Hey Bison, I'm Tabs from Camp PCT. Howdy Tabs. Howdy Tabs. Howdy Tabs. Hi, and I'm Camp Counselor Potential Roadkill from Camp AT. Howdy Roadkill. Howdy Potential Roadkill. Howdy Roadkill. Do you guys always do that? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of our thing. That's that's. Anyway, well, welcome, 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 welcome. We're so excited to have you here at the, the Camp Walk Along Wire. It's great to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, first off, I guess we wanna get to know a little bit more ab about you guys, about your trail, about your summer camp experience. So Tabs, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about your summer camp experience? Tell us about, about the PCT. Sure, uh, the PCT is a, a trail that runs uh, from the Mexican border at Campo, California, all the way up uh, the like Pacific crest um, through California, Oregon, and Washington, and ends at the uh, Canadian border in, uh, in, upper, uh, in northern Washington. Okay, so Pacific Crest Trail, three three states. Uh, do you know approximately how many miles? Uh, it's two thousand six hundred and fifty-two ish. Right Mexico on. Mexico to Canada, huh? Sounds kind of familiar to me. PDF, be kind. Um, and when you're not out hiking on the PCT, what do you do off trail? What do you do for for fun? What do you do for work? What what do you how do you how do you spend your time off trail? When I'm not working, I work in marketing. But when I'm not working, I love running. Um, I try to, you know, I have a mountain right behind my house, so I try to go running almost every day. 
Um, I like cooking and baking um, and just, you know, hanging around the house, listening to music. Not really uh, a, a get out person unless I'm going to hike or something. Nice. What, what have you cooked recently? Anything good? No, not. I mean, I mean some potato soup, uh, some, like a, a leek uh, and squash risotto. That was really good. Uh, Sounds like some, some nice hearty, hearty dishes for this cold weather. For sure. For sure. A pizza, uh, which... I, uh, I've been making pizza recently. I got a, the pizza Bible, uh, which is a book and, uh, just been making tons of pizzas, uh, really unlocking. What denomination are you? Uh, so I've, I've been making a lot of New Haven style recently just because I feel like I've kind of been dialing that in. Uh, but the Chicago cracker style is, uh, is one of my faves and I, I haven't really quite got it yet. The, uh, the, the tavern style, there's a, there's a place here in Portland that the tavern style is all the rage. People, people, it's like, it's like a new thing that people are discovering out here in, uh, on the West Coast on the PCT camp. I'm in at the PCT camp, camp, uh, Director Bison. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course, of course. How about you, Roadkill? Tell us a little bit about your trail. Well, I started it in May with, without the intention of finishing the entire trail. But once I started, I started actually as a section hiker. And once I started on it, I decided, why am I possibly going to do just half of this when I could do all of it? So I decided I was going to delay uh, grad school for a se- semester, which I was planning to go to in August, and finish the entire trail. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, kind of flip-flopped style, which is a non-conventional style of hiking where you start in the middle, go north, and then you go back southbound in the, from the middle where you started. So when, so when you started the Appalachian Trail, you were just going out there for just a little jaunt. You weren't going to do the whole thing. How, how long were you initially planning on going out there for, did you say? I was originally planning on doing half of it, the northern half. But then I got out there and I was like, why, why half? All. I should finish it. And then did, so did you start at Harpers Ferry? I started at the Shenandoahs in Virginia because I really wanted to see the National Park, which uh, I think was one of my least favorite parts of trail. It was like calm and fine but the rest of it was a lot more exciting so it was like kind of set myself up for i i did this thing that i was the most excited about ended up being like not even my favorite part of the trail at all oh the the national park you mean shenandoah national park so i guess at what what point in your hike did you decide you were gonna continue on and do the whole thing about three weeks in i realized well okay if i'm gonna do 1400 miles i should do the other 900 uh so i uh, messaged my advisor for grad school and I said, is it possible to, uh, to do this? Can I, like, is it going to cause problems in my life? And then um, I called my parents and they said, uh, we hate this idea. You should not do that at all. And uh, as, as they did for the first time when I said I was going to do half of it. So uh, when they said I was going to do all of it, then they were really like, oh, absolutely not. Um, and uh, you know, asking for people for advice and everybody said, no, you shouldn't do that. And then I said, okay, well, I'm going to now. And then I just delayed grad school right then. So uh, once I decided to do that, then I was like, well, now I'm in it. Now I have the time. I'm free until January. So I'm going to make it happen. That's spectacular. Um, and other than other than uh, hiking, uh, what, do, what else do you do? How do you play outside? What else do you do for fun out off trail? Um, I love, I, I've been getting into running since getting off of trail. I'm also a bartender right now, um, to just kind of fill the time, which is a lot of fun because it's my dad's bar. And so everyone who walks in is like my dad's age. And most of them were like, oh my God, I babysat you. What's your dad's bar called? It's called the Holiday Lounge in Omaha, Nebraska. And if you guys are ever going, it is a great dive bar for old guys. If you're looking for for something really exciting to do in Omaha. <laughs> Is this a dad's bar for dads? Yeah. Because that sounds like my kind of vibe. It's a good vibe. It's a great vibe. <laughs> I'll serve you drinks. Very nice. Now, for both of you, what, what was your, I guess, before your attempt at both of these trails, um, what was your backpacking outdoor experience before this? Well, I did a weekend guided backpacking trip of the Superior Hiking Trail back in... I want to say 2015 with like a professional group that like let me rent all the gear. But then during 2020, I was living in Minneapolis and I decided I thought it would be a lot of fun to, I had some vacation built up. And so I was like, I'm going to do the entire Superior Hiking Trail, which is 300 miles, goes from Duluth to Canada along Lake Superior. It's really beautiful, really remote. 
And I decided I was going to do that because I had nothing better to do. It was outside and it was during COVID and I wanted to be safe. So the, and so I decided to do it in September. That was my only other backpacking trip. Kind of just, I had never hung a bear bag. I had never camped alone. I'd never hiked alone. Just kind of went for it. I feel like a lot of people do that on the Appalachian Trail as well. After I did this period, I was like, I'm going to do the Appalachian Trail. People had been talking about it. It seems great. Like everybody sure. seems like, it seems like it's so fun. Like, and it was. Very nice. And you would you'd say it, it more or less lived up to expectations? I think it definitely did. I, I just felt like I needed to do a lot. After I did the 300 mile trail, I was like, that was not enough. Like I got to the summit at the very end and the, at the Canadian border. I was like, that wasn't enough. That was not even close to long enough. That seems to be a running theme with you. Yeah. <laughs> be careful if you start running because before you know it, you're going to be doing ultra marathons because you won't be able, it won't be long enough. Yeah. I know. I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my knees. How about you, Tavs? How was that? What was your experience in the outdoors pre-Pacific Crest Trail? So actually, you know, I, I went car camping with my family a lot when I was a kid. And but I didn't really go backpacking. Um, the first like backpacking I ever went on was actually with uh, Camp Historian Bookworm and Camp Director Bison. Uh, we were in the, I think, the Charles Deem Wilderness. Charles C. Deem Wilderness, Hoosier National Forest. Classic. Yeah, yeah. And Bookworm and, and Bison were like, hey, do you want to go hiking? And I was like, sure. I, you know, didn't have anything to actually go hiking with. So I threw a bunch of things in a, like a backpack and along I went. Like I had no preparation. Um, and yeah, I had, we, you know, we got dumped on rain. Um, I think we hiked out at like four in the morning because it was so miserable. Yeah. I seem to remember us. Yeah. It raining all through the night and we just, none of us being able to get to sleep and finally we're like, are we, can we just walk out of here? Can we just not be here anymore? Yeah. So you'd done little, little weekend backpacking trips. And then yeah, I, know, yeah. I mean, in college and stuff, you got into running. Is that kind of what, what kind of way laid you into backpacking? Long distance um, backpacking? Yeah. I mean, uh, I've done just hiking in general, like just weekend hiking, um, just kind of made me want to see how far I could push myself. Uh, you know, not really, like, not really, I lived in uh, Brooklyn actually, and going upstate New York to go hiking was such a time expense. It was like an hour and a half to get there. So coming back was always like, uh, like it was such a the time thing. So, you know, the idea of just being able to go out there and just keep going for as long as I could was, was really enticing. And so like, you know, I, I found out about the AT, obviously I, I, I known about the AT for a, a long time. Um, but then the guys over at camp, uh, PCT started, uh, hitting me up. Um, and they were like, Hey, you know, <laughs> why don't you, you definitely, we've got the, 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 the highest summit in the lower 48, um, right off the trail. You can do it with your permit. And I was like, sure. Um, so that was, that's why I chose the PCT. And I also don't like to get rained on, uh, due to the previous story. Uh, and I didn't get rained on a single uh, moment on the whole entire PCT. So you had no, no rain the whole trail. Well, yeah. So, well, I, I only made it uh, to Northern California due to a, a stress fracture in my shin, but no rain. No rain. What about you, Roadkill? I also suffered stress fractures on my trail uh, this year, but I did. I just took six weeks off and then I went back on trail. Now, how far how far in were you when you got those injuries, Roadkill? I was two months in, so it took me eight, and it was eight, 800 miles into the trail that I got stress fractures in my femur. So, I mean, for, for both of you, that's, that is a, a serious injury that like if untreated and, and if you don't give yourself ample time to recuperate can lead to like lifelong kind of injury. Like you, it, if you don't, if you don't treat it right the first time, you can kind of be like hobbling the rest of your life. I guess the question for both of you, um, tabs, what made you decide that you, that you needed to take a permanent hiatus versus roadkill, what made you decide that you wanted to go back? I guess, what was that decision-making process like? Tabs, why don't you go first? Sure. Um, my decision, I mean, I they definitely told me the same thing, six weeks, uh, like don't put any weight on it. It was my, uh, the weight-bearing bone, my tibia. So I took that time off and then I, that was early July when I got off trail, like July 4th. So it was mid-August. Oh, same. Uh, yeah, it was two months, two months in as well. Um, and so it was, uh, it was mid-August by the time it was like time to go back. Um, and the Dixie Fire and the Bootleg Fire and the like Southern 
uh, part of Oregon and Northern California was completely uh, closed um, around that time. So it was like, I was thinking maybe I would go to Washington and kind of do a flip-flop and come down and try to like beat the snow and uh, get into like Northern California in October. But uh, the my I had a sciatic problem as well, <laughs> uh, injury-wise. So that was still uh, nagging at me until really recently. So I chose to like wait, and now I'm now I'm feeling great. So I feel like I made the right decision. But yeah, it was it was it was a, another injury that that kept me off. Yeah. So spite got me back on trail, just pure <laughs> rage and just desire to prove everybody who said I couldn't do it wrong. Um, I had a lot more people tell me I couldn't do it than told me that they thought I thought I could do it. So I was like, now I have to do it. <laughs> so that got me back on trail. But also I had a lot more time because I was on the AT. I had already done 800 of the miles and um, I could hike it southbound for the rest. So I, did the, I was doing the flip-flop anyway. I could just hike the rest of it southbound. So I took six weeks off. And um, instead of going back to where I left off, I, le- I got hurt in near Rutland, near Killington. And that is 500 miles away from the northern terminus. So I ended up seeing a bunch of friends. I actually went to Katahdin and then hiked south back to where I got hurt. And I saw a bunch of friends uh, like in passing on the way there. And so that was another motivator. I could see people again and be like, I lived. <laughs> I did, I'm not permanently off. Very cool. I, I feel like I don't know what it is with all, all the people around the uh, the AT, but I feel like no matter what town you go into, somebody's going to tell you that you're never going to make it. I don't, I don't know why everyone has it out for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my coworkers were like, no, like they were like, you should not do that. And I'm like, I'm quitting. So <laughs> you guys should both probably take a page out of Bison's book and pack out a gallon of milk at every resupply. That might help mm. for next time. Yeah, strong bones. Mm. My lactose intolerance will also fight me on that one. <laughs> Much like Bison, you do also have to camp next to a toilet every night, but uh, it, it's worth it. Some porcelain blazing is really wonderful on the on the Appalachian Trail. As we also found out on the CDT, uh, spite can be a great hiking motivator. Oh, for sure. Uh, we called it spite hiking, uh, but that was usually based on whenever it would rain on us. We would just oh yeah uh, do egregious miles because we were purely powered by hate. And it works. That got us into town so many times. <laughs> well, and when it's raining, you don't want to sit because it's not enjoyable to rest anymore. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you just keep going and uh, just accept the amount of pain that your body's going to go through that day. Now, so, I mean, I guess, real quick question. How many how many sections did you end up doing all in all in your, in your, your flip-flop? So I did three sections. I started going northbound from Waynesboro, and then I got to Rutland, and then... I got off in Rutland for six weeks for my injury, and then I went to Katahdin and hiked back south to Rutland. And then I took a bus across country to back to Virginia and got to Waynesboro and went south from there. So that was my longest section was this 900 miles southbound. So I'm more of a Sobo than a Nobo at this point. It's okay. We, we won't hold it against you. I'm a dirty flip-flopper. They're the worst. Is what I was told daily. Everyone always asks uh, asks folks to try and compare the Triple Crown trails. And obviously that's quite a bit easier with the CDT and the PCT, but the Appalachian Trail is a whole nother animal. What challenges are specific to the AT? I would say that there is a lot of challenges with the Nobos in regards to actually finding some space if you started in, within the bubble. A lot of people feel like they can't actually get rooms at hotels or hostels. They can't get space in the shelters. When there's rain, you really want to be out of the rain. And there's like just a lot of, there's a lot of people at certain areas and it can be extremely overwhelming. Yeah. Another one is definitely like the Northern part is extremely difficult. Northern couple hundred miles is extremely difficult. And it's not as well, it's it's sometimes it's hard to see kind of where you even need to go because it's just straight down a cliff. Or straight up a cliff. Yeah, I mean, some of, some of that terrain is is absolutely insane with some of those like rocks. Like, I mean, when you, when you literally are saying going up a cliff, like you're not lying. There are points where like it's just a granite slab and you have to figure out how to get to the top of it. Did you have any run-ins, any slip-ups, any any issues with the actual like the rocks and the roots and the terrain of it all? Um, the rocks and the roots kind of get, I think it's like a mental thing by the end because it really hurts your ankles and your feet and uh, it can really be hard. The thing that shocked me about the Appalachian Trail is that it takes the same amount of time as the PCT and the PCT is 500 miles longer. 
And so that if that goes to show just, you know, it takes people longer because it's it just has more difficult parts because it's a more historic trail. They didn't really frame it around. It's the oldest trail started in the 20s. They didn't really frame it around it being nice. Uh, It was more just to connect all these really iconic spots, however they could with around other people's property. So it made it so that there's a lot of up and down and, and brutal stuff that you have to go through and over and around. And sometimes it's not as pretty. My Appalachian Trail hike was actually two months longer than my CDT hike was. And the CDT is, I mean, on paper, like 800 miles longer. I think what's crazy too is that the uh, AT has more vertical miles than like the CDT or the uh, uh, PCT where you're going up 14ers and things like these huge mountains where you don't really ever do that on the AT. That always, that really surprised me. It, it's because there's no desert section and you know, like the the hills, it's, it's more hills than mountains than anything else. And mountains are usually so much more of like a, a steep or a gradual incline. Versus like, I feel like on the AT, I assume you're just doing like a lot of up and down hills, right? I mean, you're, you're not just doing up and down hills, you're doing up and down mountains. So like oh, we're on the CDT, okay. you're, you're climbing up a mountain all day where AT, you're climbing up three, four mountains a day. Okay. Tabs? Yeah, I would say that the, I mean, the desert section name, uh, it, it's like the worst elevation average per mile, like of the whole trail, including the Sierra. The Sierra is challenging because of the elevation, but the actual like day-to-day elevation change, the desert is is actually really challenging on the PCT. You're talking the PCT? Mm-hmm. See, well, that's oh. just nuts because the desert section of the CDT was legit like cartoon flat. Yeah. Like it was like, it's insane how flat it was. Yeah, aside from, I think it was like our entire first week, we only gained like 700 feet of elevation maybe across the entire week. And uh, yeah, but then after that, you just... I think you, you do about 700 feet in the uh, approach trail on the AT. <laughs> Might be more. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I I, uh, I know all of this because I'm... Uh, I, I, we'll get into this later on the how I got my trail name, but I'm a very... Uh, numbers and data person and so of course afterwards I have to I had to go through and and run a bunch of numbers on uh, my daily averages and elevation and on all of that so I I, uh, I spent some time lo- looking at things it's just that's just that's fun for me yeah I, I like it, it is it's wild that people think of the desert as just like flat but it is it's it used to be uh, you know forest and it is mountains it is like the the whatever I can't remember exactly which range like what well, we're going through the the San Bernardinos and the San Gabriels but they used to be like lush forests um, so it, it was it, we are it was going like up and down I mean there are tons of switchbacks so it made it a lot easier but it isn't it isn't exactly what people think it is if you like data you should see my spreadsheet that I made because I calculated all the animals that I saw uh, <laughs> during except for newts because I was seeing like a hundred a day, but I, and all the zeros I took and all the things, if For sure. you guys are curious, according to gut hook, the app that I use, and I think everybody used, there was a four set, 471,000 feet of elevation gain and loss on the trail, on the Appalachian trail. That's bananas. That's bananas. Well, let's, let's get into it. Tabs, where'd the name come from? I mean, you, you'd kind of alluded to it. What, what sure. are these, these, these elusive tabs. I'm assuming you weren't just an acid head out there. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I got a lot. I got I got that sometimes. I got um, from Silicon Valley the the joke of the space or the tabs for programming. If you guys are familiar with that, I got that. Um, so I met uh, my friend Stardust on day one, um, and we hung out for a little bit. Uh, we were our former selves. We weren't our trail names yet. Uh, so. We just we talked that day, but then we went off and we each hiked separately for a while and didn't meet up until like day ten, um, and and that was my first uh, I was my first thirty, um, and so I was like coming into camp feeling great, uh, you know other other hikers are there we're hanging out we're talking and it was like oh I saw you on day one, and we were talking about like preparations and how we kind of both like in the back of our minds wanted to finish in under a hundred days. Um, and so we kind of bonded on that. 
And I show, I was like, we were talking about spreadsheets that we had made for planning the trail, which I know everyone says you're not supposed to plan your through hike. I say, don't listen to them, do it. It's amazing. It, it, it I don't know, it, it alleviates my stress. Um, so we were talking about our spreadsheets and I like asked, oh, how many tabs does yours have? Like thinking that was a logical question for like, <laughs> you know, your daily food breakdown and your, your, you know, distance. Um, and that was not like, it was just, uh, it was like eight points that she wanted to resupply at was her, was her whole spreadsheet. So mine was a little more intense. Um, and I, you know, willing to share, I have like a great resupply spreadsheet, uh, for the PCT if anyone Camp PCT info, yeah. So we got to ask the question that everybody's now wondering, how many tabs did you have on your spreadsheet? I think at the time it was only like four. Um, now it's up to like six. Um, okay. <laughs> I just checked mine. It's 11. Damn. You have 11 tabs? <laughs> yeah. But some of it is because every time somebody joined me, I made an entire plan for them to join, where they were going to get on, where they're going to get off so that then, and like what gear that they should get. So that added like four extra tabs because I wanted them to have as much information in one place as possible. That's great. I, that's how I, I, I do my whole life like that on spreadsheets. Hot dog. It sounds like you guys are the uh, complete opposite of Camp Walk Along over here. We're more of a uh, just figure it out as you go along type scenario. <laughs> I can tell. What's well, who's who's uh, who's next up on the bathroom schedule to clean? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's well. it's been a sec. I think uh, I think uh, Camp Historian Bookworm is going to get on that. He's he's he hasn't really been pulling his weight around here lately. So uh, I think Camp Walk Along uh, went on the trail to not plan for several months. I think that was our, our intent. I wish I would have taken the advice of so many people because I ended up throwing the majority of my plans directly into the trash and <laughs> it didn't work out at all. But planning is helpful because then you know where things are. I think there's definitely some help to it because uh, there were many nights where uh, we got into town wanting a hotel or something and they were like, oh, they've all been booked for a week. And we were like, right, because we, we don't do that. So it's, a, it's, it's not always a bad thing. Hey, but then you just pull a Just Sky July and not sleep indoors for an entire month, even if people offer it to you. Did you guys do that? Uh, we, we spent an entire month not sleeping inside. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend. Or you just meet a nice bartender. Shout out to Georgie. Oh, yeah, you guys you guys did meet a bar. I was wondering, yeah, you guys talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, Georgie, Patron St. Georgie. She's the greatest. Shout out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go try and see Georgie. I'm going to go to that bar when I'm in Steamboat in February. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to pay her, pay her a visit. <laughs> well, actually, while we're on the subject, uh, what was the best trail magic that you both of you guys ever got? I had some amazing trail magic because a friend that I met on the trail, uh, she and I had been hiking together with us with a group. So it was her boyfriend and then another couple. And then I was the fifth wheel, which was very fun for, it was kind of interesting, but then she had her mom visit and her mom basically slack packed us for like three days straight and oh, bought us all yeah. food and came and like dropped us off like where we needed to go each day. And then we got to stay in this really nice Airbnb, which was so nice because getting two days of showers in a row you don't really get clean after the first shower. No. I don't think you can. So it's definitely- It gets the first layer of dust off. Yeah, so you really need that second layer, that second shower in a row to really get clean on the on the trail. And then the third one is just just because it's That's nice. for you. That's just bragging. <laughs> and you like, like having the hot water running over your body, yeah. for sure. At that point, I was like, I don't even need a shower. I, I showered two days, uh, two days in a row. This is just cheating. Do you guys find that uh, after being back from trail, your, your desire to shower has decreased? Significantly. And it's bad because I'm already a woman in STEM and I'm making the stereotypes worse by being someone that stinks. Now would, uh, now does, does, I have to ask, is that where the, the name came from? Did uh, you come rolling into town particularly stanky and uh, somebody uh, said you might smell like roadkill? Particularly skunky perhaps? Um, no, but that is, a, that is something that people guess a lot. The other pe thing that people guess is that I ate roadkill or something like that, but I don't eat meat at all. So ironically, uh, I shouldn't probably be named that, but I did, I did tell the, I, I was hiking with a group on my first week and I told them a story about how I almost got hit by a car on the Superior hiking trail. And 
they were like, oh my God, that would be a great trail name. And I was like, no, no, I want a trail name from the Appalachian Trail. I, I don't want that one. And then I almost got hit by a car later that day. So they were like, this is your trail name and it is going to stick. And uh, total, I almost got hit by a car four times, three times on the Appalachian Trail, once on the Superior Hiking Trail. So the roads are a little dangerous. I think the cars are the most dangerous part of the whole trail, if I had to guess. Yeah, for sure. And there's, I mean, there's not even all that much road walking on the AT. No, uh, it was definitely like crossing roads and you, there's a couple spots where you have to cross a highway with like no signs and like these cars are going 75 miles an hour and it's like, there's a bend. So you can't really see, you just kind of have to hope you hear them ahead of time. And if it's a quiet car coming around, you can kind of, you can kind of get a little close. It's a little sketchy. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So the, uh, I mean, the cars, the cars were one of the more dangerous bits. What are, what are the biggest, the most challenging parts of trail for, for you at least? Well, what were your most challenging parts? What were maybe your most challenging day? My most challenging day was probably the day after, uh, summiting Whitney. Um, so my, my friends and I, we decided to summit Whitney for sunrise. So we, we woke up and hiked up there at midnight and then, me and another and a couple of our other friends hiked over Forester Pass, which is the highest point on the PCT that same day. So we went up Whitney and came down and then went over that. And it was, that wasn't the hardest day. The, the next day was the hardest uh, because, of course, a couple of days before I had pre like booked myself a room at uh, Vermilion Valley Resort, which is like one of the points off the in the Sierra where you can get to like pretty easily. And so I'd booked myself a room and I, I had to do so many miles a day to get there. And I was like, I can definitely do that many miles a day. And I didn't really look at the elevation profile. Um, so I didn't realize I'd set myself up to do like a 32 mile day over like three of the biggest passes. And it was, so I did Glen Pass, Pinchot Pass and Mather Pass in one day. I called it the triple bypass. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, ate uh, ate dinner at the top of Mather Pass while like the, while the sun went down, and then like came down and camped right by a lake by a bunch of people who were hanging their food from the limbs of trees. It was great. <laughs> Goodness, I mean, so you were. I mean, it sounds like you were kind of running out of clip the whole time. You said day ten, you had a, a thirty mile day. I mean, did you feel that that kind of that accelerated pace? Um, caused any issues uh oh for sure yeah definitely the definitely the the accelerated pace is the cause of the overuse injury that i sustained um however you know i i realized like pretty early on that i love hiking and i can just go and don't not think about it and do it for hours and hours a day um but when it comes to like sleeping and laying on the ground and trying to rest at night it just doesn't it just doesn't happen i roll around too much and i move too much in my sleep so you know i was just like i i, I want to set a challenge for myself too and i was with a couple of other people who we were hiking similar paces around the same um areas uh not necessarily like together all the time but you know it was it was a common goal and it was just something that i kind of was like, oh, it's fun. I want to try to do it in under 100 days. But definitely the reason that's I can guarantee that's the reason I got a stress fracture, because uh, the day I decided I had to get off trail was at the end of uh, like a 160 mile stretch I'd done in like four days uh, around the wow. the Hat Creek Rim area, which is like the hottest part of the it's like notoriously hot. And it was the it was a heat wave. So it was like 90 some degrees. So I was just trying to like get through it. I did a lot. It was like a lot of. Uh, evening and night stuff. So it wasn't too hot. Goodness gracious. Well, just hearing that made me tired. So we're going to take a quick break uh, for our afternoon announcements, but we'll be back in just a moment for more of the Camp Walk Along Wire. Attention campers. Camp Picture Day is just around the corner, and Camp Counselor PDF will be offering haircuts to anyone interested. You'll be able to choose from a mohawk, mullet, or the friar tuck. Hot shave is not included. That is all. And we are back with more of the Camp Walk Along Wire. Coming to you from Camp Walk Along, we have Camp Director Bison. Camp Counselor Wizard Spoon. Camp Counselor PDF. 
We also have joining us from Camp AT, Camp Counselor Roadkill, and also from Camp PCT, Camp Counselor Tabs. So I think we talked a lot about the physical challenges of both of the trails, but I'm surprised we haven't talked anything about the mental challenges because I think that's what gets a lot of people off of trail and that they don't expect before they get on trail. What did, did you guys experience a lot of mental challenges or was that just me? Yeah, I mean, I definitely did. Uh, and I, I did get off trail because I kind of had like a myriad of things just hit at once. Like when I was already at a low place, like my tent broke, I was having back problems. Like it all just kind of spoiled at once. But yeah, the, the mental problem was definitely the hardest part of my trail experience. What about you, uh, Sir Tabs? All right, for me, uh, the mental side, I think a lot, I did a lot of like preparation for this, a lot of like shakedown hikes and long uh, hikes. I, I run a lot. So I think like the like will of like moving forward, you know, I, I, don't, I don't struggle with that too much, but you know, the mental aspect of missing, you know, my, the people that I care about and talk to every day, I think that that, that was a challenge. You know, I, I can I can like just tunnel vision and, and go, go, go. But, you know, you still you miss like the, the connection with people that that you're close to. Yeah. And that's I mean, and that's truly something you can't you can't prepare for. Like that's something you can only really experience in, in the midst of it, doing it on trail. I was told this very early on in my hike that the first third is physical. The second third is mental. And the final third is spiritual. Would you guys say that that is true for you because I thought my first my final third was just all my stuff breaking and <laughs> everything falling apart I think my final third I mean I was yeah I think my final third was a lot of me breaking like I just I felt <laughs> both in both my AT and my CDT hikes I just felt run down like I mean I feel like at the beginning it's it's all it's all novel it's all new um, you have all the excitement out there and I mean you're meeting all these fun people and you're going through and you kind of hit your stride mid, like midpoint and like, yeah, you've been out there for a while, but like you're, you've, you know, your body knows what you're doing, but there's, you can only ride that for a certain amount of time before. Like you're literally like you've run through all of your excess padding and fat and you're like your muscles and tendons are like, it's just, I felt just worn down. And that was frustrating because for me, like my heart and my, my mind were in it, but like my body, it just like fought me tooth and nail at the end. That's how I felt. I was like, all my stuff is falling apart. I'm thin as a skeleton. I can't believe that I'm like, I just got to get done with this. Uh, Tabs, you were talking about how you were uh, getting really into making food earlier and stuff. Obviously, one of the hardest things about being on trail is eating the same damn food all the time. Uh, did you find yourself getting sick of the same, eating the same things? Or did you find ways to like, uh, vary it up and stuff? Sure. You guys don't even know how, like how much I, I ate the same thing. Like I resupplied myself a hundred percent. So I sent myself boxes. Like that was part of my planning. Oh, no. Oh, just wait. So, <laughs> so I'm also like a, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, an eco person. So I wanted to minimize my use of plastic. So I, I found these non-plastic uh, dog poop bags, which I then filled with uh, like 120 grams of cashews, 120 grams of chia seeds, uh, and like 50 grams of dried fruit. And, uh, and that was my lunch every day. Every day. Oh, God. Oh, I'm sure that was wonderful. Every day. Every day, every day, dry chia seeds every day. Did you get like the seasoned and flavored cashews and dried fruits or is it just plain? Raw. Oh God. I should have roasted the cashews. <laughs> Might I ask as well, did you schedule your bathroom breaks? They were, oh my God, never been better. Just like clockwork. Never been better. But the, and then I would eat a, a backpacker's pantry for dinner every night. Cause I just bought it, like I bought them in bulk ahead of time cause I could save money. So I just shipped myself that and then I would just fill up my food bag at town. And so I ate the same thing the whole time and I don't get, I don't get sick of it. I don't know. Really? I craved Cliff Bars. I craved Cliff Bars every morning. I would set- You get out of here. I would set timers on my phone. I would set timers on my phone so I wouldn't eat them so fast. I would set an hour timer every time I finished a Cliff Bar. Cause it was like the next one gets open in an hour. Cause you, you can't, you can't trust yourself. I also never got sick of eating the same exact food. Like I changed up my lunch at least, 
but I never got sick of the same breakfast and dinner every day. All right, Wiz PDF, I'm, I'm on your side. I don't trust these guys. I don't know, I don't know what's going on with these people. I, I can't believe either of you. I go to the grocery store now, and whenever I see a green Nor packet or a box of uh, Nature Valley bars, I want to throw them to the damn ground. I, <laughs> I can't stand that stuff anymore. Now, granted, I'll eat it again on the next through hike, but hot damn, I can't believe it. I was planning on having ramen for dinner tonight, actually. I miss some of it. I, <laughs> I miss the simplicity. So we we talked a lot and, and many people said, and you, you know, we've already talked about spite. Um, and many people told us we couldn't hike the whole trail without shitting our pants. And uh, God damn it, they were wrong because I never shit my pants. And I don't think Bison shit his pants. I never shit my pants. I didn't shit my pants on this trail. The the saying goes, 50% of thru-hikers. So there's two of you, which means one of you shit your pants. Which one was it? It had to be Tabs. It was 100% me. <laughs> <laughs> so I will reveal, despite my high, despite all of my calculations for my diet, the first like 10 days was really rough and I like couldn't eat anything and was just nauseous all the time. Uh, so developed uh, a little case of hemorrhoids. Which was not great, which is not great. Uh, you know, don't trust a fart. I don't know how to go, I don't know how deep to go with this. Um, yeah, it was not great. I took the most, I actually I took the most expensive shower probably of all time. I got into uh, Big Bear City, um, like right at like the day after I got my trail name and I hitched into town to the Motel 6 and got a hotel room simply so that I could wash my butt. Um, I feel like that's a country song. <laughs> Pitched into the town to the Motel 6. <laughs> Just so I can wash my butt. <laughs> and, and did laundry at the Motel 6 and then got back out. <laughs> the best part about this is that, so I did not shit my pants at any part of trail. Congrats. Very proud of that. But I never found a room of thru-hikers where the ratio wasn't very close to 50%. And so it really, it really hits home <laughs> that this, this, it's so entertaining to me. That's awful. That's awful. But I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Taz, for sharing that. Of course. Eat your fiber, kids. As soon as I got the chia, started, the chia seeds started going down, fiber takes care of hemorrhoids. Yeah. If uh, you're planning on hiking the Appalachian Trail or any of these other trails, just make sure that that's a, uh, that's a bigger threat than bears, is shitting your pants. Yes. Not as dangerous of a threat. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely more prevalent. <laughs> well, what other advice you got? I mean, what what advice would you have wanted before you started? What what advice would you want to give folks who are going to try a, a similar adventure? I would say don't ship yourself boxes because I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to change up my meals regularly. I, I listened to you guys had Dixie on and I listened to her a ton before I started this uh, through hike and and she said, don't ship yourself boxes because you're going to get sick of the same food all the time. And I didn't happen to be one of those people, but I saw a lot of people get really sick of the food that they sent themselves. Yeah, I did ship my, myself boxes for the AT. I shipped myself like the, my core meals and then I bought like extras, snackies in, in, in town. But I found like within like a month of being there, like the stuff I kept from my box versus the stuff that I hiker boxed afterwards became less and less. And it was just like, basically by the end, I was grabbing like the candy bars and maybe one or two bags of rice. And I felt dumb. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I can't eat this. I, I am so over, I'm so persnickety. I need to have not necessarily even good food, just different food. I can't eat the same meal every single day. Yeah. And I notice a lot of people doing the same thing. So I'm glad that, and, and also scavenge the hiking box. Those are good. I oh, just, for sure. I liked the opportunity. I think that AT is the most wingable trail of the three because there's so many towns and there's so much different things that you could do and there's so much help and people will totally pick you up for hitchhiking really easily and all sorts of stuff. So it's definitely the most wingable trail. You can just totally be like, eh, I don't need to plan and just kind of wing it. But I planned. Yeah. I've long said that if, if you start the AT with, uh, with a clean pair of underwear and a pair of wool socks, you can kind of make up the rest as you go along. Like there were times I know within like the first hundred miles where I fall, found full kits in hiker boxes, like packs and all people were just like, fuck it. I'm over it and dump their whole kit. So like, you can really, you can really figure it out pretty on the fly. Yeah. Especially for the North bounders. Yeah. 
tabs? Yeah, and then I I would say for, I mean, for my advice, it would kind of bleed into that. But for me, I mean, it's it's kind of a lame answer, but I would say just preparation. Um, You know, a lot of people you know, I think we're having a bad time, especially early on, on the, on the trail, just due to the heat and lack of like having worn their pack before in hot conditions for, you know, 10 plus miles. And so, you know, doing, doing that and, and people hear desert section for the PCT and they might think it's flat and it's really, really not. So I think like understanding what you're getting yourself into and like send your resupply boxes to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Tabs and I disagree on some of our advice, <laughs> but the the trails are inherently different. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, it's it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Whatever whatever works best for you. Uh, I mean, me, it just like took the stress out of it. But I would say like the like planning helps me as a person. So you know, other people might hear the advice of don't plan, and they might think that that's what they should do. But if planning is something that you know you do frequently, I think it could help. Like ease your tensions of thinking about like, like, are, are they going to have like, cause I am vegetarian as well. Are they going to have like the dietary things that I, I need at the, like wherever I got my resupply, am I going to be happy with the choices? But I like sent myself stuff that I knew I could at least like stomach. Um, and what I, what, what I'll do is uh, to kind of, what I'll say to kind of tie those two together is, is whether you are a stringent planner or you're more of the uh, fly by the seat of your pants kind of attitude, I think no matter what, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that that I like to give people and, and maybe something that I, I wish I would have known starting out was uh, be pliable. So if you want to plan and, and you think planning is, and you know you're a planning type, awesome. Plan, plan, plan all day. I want you to have 14, 15 tabs on your spreadsheet. Plan as much as you can. But if you get out there and it's, you realize it's not working for you, be willing to change. Don't stick so so close to your convictions that, that you're unwilling to be able to say, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. And, and with the same same kind of thing is if, if, I, if I am thinking, I'm going to figure out when I go out there and I get out there and I'm like, wow, like this is not really working for me, plan a little. Be pliable. Be, be, willing, be willing to say, hey, this is not working and be adaptable because I feel like that is, that is what all these, all these trails, whether it's the AT, the PCT, or the CDT, the, the one common core of all three of them is like you need to be adaptable because the trail is not going to bend to you. You kind of need to bend to the trail. You don't want it to feel like a job. I think a lot of people start the trail and they're like, I need to get started by 6 a.m. And I need to be doing this many miles by this time. And you're totally welcome to do that. Some people prefer it that way. But if there is something fun that comes up, don't deny that opportunity to yourself just because you want to do the miles like it's not about the miles it's about the smiles you guys so you got to make sure that you're it i mean i don't like it when people say this but it's kind of true it's a vacation it's not a vacation but it is a vacation you should be making sure that you're enjoying it exactly it's the weirdest vacation of all time for sure well boys i don't know about you but uh sounds to me like old tabs and old roadkill Maybe not so different than us. Yeah, maybe this camp rivalry is somewhat unfounded, I suppose. Yeah, maybe it's just made to fill some sort of movie trope we've made up in our head. Hey, how's this sound? Instead of having this be an inner camp Olympics slash prank war slash dance, why don't we just have this be an inner camp party? Yeah! Yeah! Hiker prom! Very good. Well, I'm so excited. Well, you know, we already have our our dance planning committee on this, so this should go swimmingly. Camp Director Bison here. Hello. Oh, Bookworm. What's going on, bud? Man, it's been so long. Yeah, I feel like I haven't talked to you for like two weeks. It's been it's been a long. It's a fortnight. Wizard Spoon, are you there too? Yeah. So's PDF. And it's yeah, me, your pal PDF. Hey. Oh my gosh! And we we also got we also got tabs in here from from Camp PCT. Oh my gosh! Yes, I remember our dorm room so well. We were all just talking about how excited we were for the uh, for the intercamp dance. How's the planning coming along? Oh yeah, the the dance. Well, you know, I don't know how to break this to you. Uh oh, this better not be bad news. When you were off trail, whenever something went wrong, I. 
well, Danny and I would kind of just handle it. And I sort of took the same attitude this time. But, well, since you ask, we've been going through a real green initiative at the camp this year, you know. Um, we spent a lot of meat over the years, and we're kind of just trying to get more on the, the fruits and the vegetables, you know, the green things. So, you know, the first thing I did when we decided we were going to have our, our hiker dance, our little prom, was I... I sent the funky weebelos, you know, to start collecting as many fruits and vegetables as they could. You know, we the old food pyramid doesn't work like it used to, so we we set them to work. Oh no! And you you sent them to get foods from around the camp? Uh, yeah, it seemed like a great idea. I mean, that's you know, it it always works in Fortnite. So they they started grabbing cabbages and and lettuce and corn and tomatoes and well, before you know it. Someone's trying to get their baking badge, and and then they started working on this carrot cake. But I don't think something came out right because, well, the the next day, the whole committee came down with norovirus. Oh no! Oh no! I thought it would be the lead in the water that would get them, but yeah, there just was something wrong with those crispy greens. I I'm almost afraid to ask. How much of the party did they have planned? Well, you know, they'd really just decided on the theme. Which, what was what was the theme they came up with? Sweet greens. Oh, no. Oh, that's a bad theme. Well, just trust me, there's, there's a lot of latrine cleaning merit badges that are being given out right now. So, uh, you know, needless to say, parents have been contacted. Rooms have been quarantined. You know, we, we've done what we can, uh, but... Yeah, to be honest, you know, you guys have been so busy, you know, just kind of recovering after the trail. I, I kind of thought that uh, maybe you guys had forgotten about the dance. No, I mean, we were all super, super excited about it. It's what I was looking forward to most. I've been practicing. Wow. Well, now that you're all here on this on this call, I'm I'm really glad uh, I was able to tell you all at once. Well, that's OK. Bookworm, why don't you get back to taking care of all the various latrines and you know what i bet you between the five of us we can come up with a pretty good uh intercamp dance what do you think gang yeah yeah absolutely i can pop and lock all right so where should we have this dance where what do you think is a good place for the oh okay go, go for it oh one of those tents that your dad has that can sleep 12 people and it has a curtain down the middle multiple rooms room for vip exactly we want to think we want to think of any potential celebrities. That's a good. That's a very good point, Tabs. All right, I like that. I like that. So we're gonna have it in, in a, a big ass dad tent. And you know what? We can invite some of the dads from Roadkill's dad's bar. The dad bar. <laughs> he, they would be very excited. Would they or you be willing to serve the drinks? Perhaps. I can absolutely serve the drinks, or we could have any of the other bartenders serve the drinks, and we can so that then I can dance too. No, it's cool. I think we want you to serve the drinks. That'll be roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. I've been practicing, you guys. I mean, you know your clientele. Absolutely. So we're we're having in the in the big tent. What kind of food and drinks do we want to have there? What What do you think through hikers really want, really need? Ooh, ooh, I got it. Mios cocktails. Oh. Honestly, yes. Yes, Mio <laughs> cocktails. I'm way into that. I think we need to f have a foot rub train somewhere in the at the dance. <laughs> <laughs> the da foot rub train at the dance, or at the big dance. I like that. Massages all around. Oh, oh, two pounds of powdered eggs. Hey, that sounds like a party in my book. <laughs> it's a party. Let's make it four pounds of powdered eggs. Some, maybe some... Foraged mushrooms, perhaps some chicken of the woods. Ooh, delicious. Tastes like scrambled eggs. Yum. Oh, and also we got to have every variation of Oreos that are available currently on the market. Unless they're gluten-free. Unless they're gluten-free. Fuck those. I've actually had the gluten-free ones and they're not too bad. They're not bad. One of my friends on trail was gluten-free and I we got them and for they're him. vegan, so we can make everybody yeah. happy. Except for the bacon Oreos. What are, how are we going to decorate this big old tent? Uh, ooh, you know, we could have everybody bring in their shoes that they've already worn through, and we can hang them on the wall, a la uh, the Pie Town Hostel. Uh, what a great homage. Mm. 
As long as we keep the windows open. Yes. Yeah, I was like, nothing like packing a bunch of stinky hikers and all of their dead shoes into a 12-person tent. I think we should take everybody's headlamps and kind of string them together and make a chandelier for the for the foyer. Ooh, I like that. You know what we should also do is take all of them and just put them on flash mode um, to kind of create a a, a rave vibe and uh, and just also and also just to let anybody with epilepsy know that they are not welcome at all. Well, what else do we have to think of for this uh, for this party? Music? Yeah, the music, the entertainment. How about we have one guy, so how about we have one guy playing an out-of-tune guitar, um, but only playing Wagon Wheel or Wonderwall? Mm. I've got a better idea. What if we get you two? <laughs> Bono and the Edge? Yeah, just the two of us? I'm, I'm down if you are. Tabs, what, what, what's, our, what's our combo act called? I can play the kazoo. <laughs> I can play an attitude guitar, and I do know how to play Wonderwall, so I think we're golden. Somebody should bring a harmonica. Then we're really moving. Awesome. Honestly, this sounds like a great dance. We're going to be in a giant tent. All the dads from Roadkill's dad's bar is going to be there, and Roadkill's going to be serving all the drinks. We're going to have stinky shoes hung up. And uh, Bono and me and Tabs are going to be sitting there playing uh, the Proclaimers 500 Miles on out-of-tune kazoos. I think that sounds like a party. All right. Well, it sounds like uh, that pretty much wraps it up for today's episode. Uh, Before we head out, uh, Tabs, Roadkill, would you guys like uh, to plug anything? I am on Instagram at at Potential Roadkill, and I am on TikTok at at Type2Fun, or you can just search Potential Roadkill there as well, and I... I come up. Thanks, Roadkill. How about you, Tabs? I'm Tabs, and I'm on Instagram at ts.clem. Right on. And you can always find all of our info at Camp Walkalong, wherever Walkalong is served, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, just all over the place. Um, You can find me at Reverend Bison, that's R-E-V-E-R-E-N-D-B-I-S-O-N on Instagram. Uh, Wizard Spoon, you can find at M-A-R-C-U-S-C-A-R-R-O-L-L-S-M on Instagram. You can find me at Andrew Dalton on LinkedIn. Cool. Awesome. Camps, I think this is uh, this is going to be a great little party we have planned up. Well, thank you, Tabs and Roadkill, for joining us. It's been wonderful having you on. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, thanks. And thank you, listeners, for always tuning in. Hey, we're going on a walk. You want to walk along? Howdy, campers. We hope you've enjoyed this recap of a fabulous year of thru-hiking. Stay tuned for future episodes as we cozy up back at camp and begin planning our next big adventure. Campers, you should know that our counselors are obsessed with answering questions. If you have something you just have to know about camp, feel free to DM us on our Instagram, at Camp Walkalong. That's C-A-M-P-W-A-L-K-A-L-O-N-G. Or send us an email at campwalkalong at gmail.com. If your question is featured, we'll also follow up to ensure you receive a complimentary Camp Walkalong Wire sticker. While you're pondering your question, check us out on social media and let us know how you're enjoying summer camp this year. Likewise, we keep the podcast fresh through the generous feedback of campers like you. Go ahead, subscribe to the podcast at your streaming platform of choice and leave a rating. Your input is essential to a great camp experience. If you're feeling extra generous, Financial contributions can be made at anchor.fm slash camp walkalong using the support button. Help Camp Walkalong with our party cleanup fund. These dishes won't wash themselves. The Camp Walkalong Wire is brought to you by our treasured camp staff, spread out all across the United States. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Salmon House and the following contributors. Producing, mixing, and mastering by Camp AV Director Danny Delaney. Additional mixing by Camp AV Assistant Evan Scherer. Additional editing by Camp AV Assistant Avery James. Original music by Camp Composer Counselor Ube. Bugle calls performed by Camp Bugler Tommy Delaney. Original artwork by Camp Artisan Erlon Vasquez. 
Camper Outreach by Counselor Anna Rhodes. With additional producing and editing by me, Camp Historian Andrew Bookworm Nalen. This is your Camp Historian Bookworm here wishing you nothing but the best as spring is in full effect. Great temperatures are here to stay, and the next wave of through hikers is on the loose. Campers, our hikes mean so much to us. From overnights to long weekends, and even to months long through hikes. It's a beautiful thing that when we think we know all there is to know about a trail, there are other people out there just like us, experiencing something totally different on a completely new adventure. We can learn so much from them and realize our own hike is part of a never-ending story. From Camp Walkalong, this is your Camp Historian Bookworm wishing you a calm shore to ease your mind, the music of the trees swaying in your ears, and friends on every trail, wherever you may be.